Craft Beer Radio episode 167, posted on September 25th, 2010. Crafty Radio, where we're a little slow because Jeff's working on a project. Project and life and startup life. Yeah, life's, life's been busy and I haven't been much motivated to do editing, but I am motivated to drink beer. So here we are. An undated episode where we don't talk about too much current events. So it's well, timeless. Could, well, we can tell you the date. Well, sure. It's, I mean, it's July 21st is when we're recording it, but who knows? 2010 when we're recording it, but who knows when it'll be put out there. It'll be so. We'll try not to be, like, beer news heavy or anything. Yeah. No, we want to make this a timeless episode. Tonight we are doing white beers. Wit beers, Belgian-style white ale. Wits or episode four, Vits. And as I understand it, as somebody told me, you could say Vit if you were out there in in Belgium. Apparently. So we have um, five beers tonight. Two of the beers were sent to us by um, a brewery that you may have heard of, um, Michelob Brewing, Anheuser-Busch, mm-hmm. AV And we're going to start off with their newest offering right. in their whole... They love wheat beers at Michelob, right? They they think that that differentiates the craft market or something. So they do this whole line of wheat beers. Some are very good, like Dunkle Weiss mm-hmm. and Bavarian Wheat. Some are, you know, okay. And this is our new one. This is Ginger Wheat. It's a wheat ale brewed with spices and natural ginger flavor added. It has uh, so natural ginger flavor. I don't know exactly what that means. If they add ginger or if they add a ginger extract or something like that. Uh, Cascade Willamette hops, ten IBUs. Two row and wheat are the malts. So two row barley and wheat. Twelve original gravity twelve point seven. Alcohol by volume five point two percent. It it smells like ginger ale. It smells like Schweppes. <laughs> I would say there's there, there's more of a uh, of a citrusy note than just plain old ginger like you okay. would get from ginger ale, right? Because right. I mean, ginger ale, you you know, ginger. Sure, it has a very effervescent nose to it, where it just it, it pops in your nose. The ginger reminds you a lot of the carbonation level that you get from. A ginger ale. That's probably why I said that more mm-hmm. so. But you're right; it is more citrusy. I'm not getting too much wheat in the aroma. The ginger and the it's pretty much ginger is very strong, right? And so it it will tend to block other flavors um, and or aromas. It smells good. Let's uh, give this a taste. They say a hint of ginger. I think that this is much more than a hint. It's it, yeah. it, it's. Pretty strong. It does play with the wheat well. You know, I'm getting a I'm getting a give and play from the ginger. Ginger comes in first and punches the door in, but then the wheat comes and, and pushes it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good interplay, and it's not it's not a way that wheat typically comes across in a wit beer. Um, you know, is this really a wit beer? Is this an American style white? It's it's hard to say. Or I'm, I'm sorry, American style white. Can't talk. An American style wheat beer. You know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I like I like the flavors coming through at first. It's got it's bang with the ginger, then brings in some extra citrus, and then like I said, the wheat comes in. It finishes kind of wet, and um, it loses some body at the end. It really kind of um, 
the flavor almost dies. Which is too bad because I think the initial flavor is really punchy and good. Yeah, the initial flavor is where it tastes a lot like ginger ale to me. And to me, it tastes, you know, fairly different than what fresh ginger tastes like. And you probably have more experience with ginger than I do. Do you Have you had fresh ginger that tastes like ginger tastes like in ginger ale where it has all that sugar and syrup with it? Or is ginger always tastes like, you know, the ginger I think of when I think of fresh ginger where it's, it's just very aromatic and spicy and not really that sweetness or anything like that at all yes yes <laughs> everything I, I asked you too big of a question i'm sorry i i yeah ginger is um a very powerful as i said uh it's a wonderful wonderful smell this it's fresh ginger is mm-hmm. one of my favorite I mean, I th- I think sushi when I think of, you know this beer would probably go really well with sushi. It wouldn't overpower you know it would be nice the same way you have ginger pickled ginger on on a sushi plate mm-hmm. as a palate cleanser. Um, ginger does two things there: one, it cleanses the palate; second, it it um, will help again. You know, if you're overwhelmed by the wasabi, it will help that. This will do the same thing, and at the same time, it won't it won't pollute your. Um, your taste buds with, with something else because, like I said, it, it ends it doesn't end dry, it ends wet, but it ends with, with very little of the flavor remaining. The more I drink this, the more I like it. Getting used, more used to the ginger up front mm-hmm. so it's not as punchy. It does still seem a little on the sweet side. The, the ginger, for some reason, even though the beer is not really that sweet. Well, it doesn't have the, the spiciness, mm-hmm. right, that of of a fresh ginger or something like right. that, because ginger has has a bit of a of a uh, a sort of pepperiness. It yeah. doesn't really come through here, and you sort of get to sweetness and and uh, a lot of the flavor in the ginger without mm-hmm. that pepperiness. But it's a it's really interesting and it's quite drinkable. I think I, if I was you know trying to ref, refine a homebrew, I think I would, might want to hop it up just a little bit more to balance that sweetness at the front, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I'm not talking IPA or anything, but just a little more hops, just to balance out that that sweetness. I would put more of a malt backbone here. I would I would try to use a little bit more wheat and give it more body at the end to stand up. Um, I think that would improve the beer. I, th- I think that yeah. I mean, you would just change probably just change the mash on the wheat schedule a little bit. I was we were just reading up about it because I haven't brewed a whip beer yet, and Greg saw in one of the notes where they talk about using uh, raw winter wheat. And I hadn't realized that, well, at least what I'm reading right now on realbeer.com, says that usually they use 50% malted barley and 50% raw unmalted wheat, um, which needs, um, you know, it, sometimes it would need gelatinized. But apparently the traditional method uses, um, I didn't read this whole thing. I want to make sure I didn't skip a part. But they were talking about using a, uh, a protein rest at the at the beginning, a long protein rest at a real low temperature, and it says it does amazing things where it turns a wallpaper paste into a nice thin mash. So, I think part of that might have to where it's really affecting the body, right? Especially, maybe not the viscosity of the mash directly, but you know, you're talking about the the lengths of the sugars that are left over and mm-hmm. the fermentability, and uh, so you could have a nice fermentable wheat, or you can make it a little more fermentable. I think that might be what you're getting to, you know, or a little more body at the end. Sure. The taste pairings that they recommend on their site are sushi, grilled sesame chicken, and morbier cheese. I am in the mood for sushi all of a sudden, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Fish would go well with this. Would be a cheese. Interesting choice. Um, I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. It's it's kind of uh, I think it's, I think it's a triple creme, not unlike uh, Saint Andre. No, um, you talking humble fog. Humble fog. Oh, really? Like an and aged. yeah, with ash in the middle and um, nuttiness. All right, we're we need go to on. have some flavors that will stand up to ginger. Mm-hmm. Or will go well with it. Right. I can see this is going really well with the Indian dish, you know, that was made with ginger, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would go with a lot of things real well. I think you could probably find a... I wonder... Last time I was here, I made I made a tikka masala. Right, right. Chicken tikka masala. Um, all fresh. The, all, everything was made fresh, and it was... Uh, Really good. I think this would have gone really well with it. I'm thinking it might go good with vanilla ice cream or something too. I just like the the sweetness of that ginger. It might not seem so sweet if you paired it with something sweet, right? It might make the beer dry out a little bit. Oh, you don't want to do that one next? No. Oh. Why Wait. would you want to do them right away? Right one after because they're another? practically the same base beer, and I wanted to compare them. All right. All right. So we're doing the the next big load next. I, I I didn't want to get into a thing where we were. Oh, I'm not trying to get the Michelob out of the way. I, I'm just trying to... Um, we were looking at the recipe for these two beers. They have very much the same ingredient list. Yeah. That's why I want to do them side by side, just to see how the shock top is what we're talking about now, right. which is their traditional, or more traditional Belgian white, the one they've been doing for, I don't know, four or five years now. So this, again, Willamette Cascade Hops, wheat to row barley, 12.7 inch gravity, 5.2 ABV. The, essentially, the recipe is... Well, the ingredients. The ingredients are the same. The recipe is likely pretty similar, uh, with the exception of, of course, added uh, ginger. And maybe they replace the, um, you know, the ginger, you know, replace the coriander orange peel with ginger, or you know, in addition to. I'm hoping maybe we can tell a little bit with what we're tasting here. So. Well, there's no ginger in this one. <laughs> you are sharp. That comes that comes apparent right off the top. You can the wheat is more apparent in the aroma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not a big spicy aroma on this one for sure. It it it, it just a, it's a mild wheat aroma in there. How long have we had these? Um, they've been in the fridge the entire time, but about two months. Okay. Yeah, you know, one thing you, I we can definitely say about InBev more than anything any any other brewery we've ever had, I think their quality control is amazing. I don't think we've ever had a beer that was bad in the sense of definitely not what the brewer intended. There's no born on date on this bottle. There's a production code that is not easily easily decipherable. Bummer. Definitely more of a citrus mm-hmm. thing going on. I actually like the body more. I think the body sticks around more uh, and longer. Uh, I think the citrus stays with it, and it's uh, it's pretty pretty smooth. Yeah, lots of citrus, but a lot of the wheat flavor. The wheat flavor is nice, and and, and it, it very it's, it's solid the whole way through. Where it starts off 
little um, sweet, and then it gets a little, what's the word I want to use? Well, gee, it's with wheat. It gets a little grassy, right? I mean, but not like green grass, but, you know, like dry, like hay-type grass, right? It gets that way in, in the mid, late to middle taste, and then it just kind of mellows out, and it finishes nice and dry. So, yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. I think that the, the original, the initial taste, initial flavor is a lot of, um, I don't taste the coriander so much. Yeah, it's definitely not a coriander bomb or anything. I'm sure so, at least one of the beers we have tonight, it's going to be a coriander bomb. Yeah. Um, I think I taste something there, a little bit of pepperiness there, but I don't really, it doesn't come out big. The, it's more of a tangerine-ish than orange flavor. Um, so it's, it's, it's slightly sweeter, I guess. It, de- it it moves into a, um, yeah. I guess Jeff, you know, said grassy, maybe more, more, a little bit, slightly more leafy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it gets just a little bit of a of a greener kind of texture and flavor to it as it as it comes through. The body on this one stays longer than the ginger wheat. I wonder if the ginger had has an effect on the body, the the appearance of the body. No, I mean the oh. the. Because like I said, the ginger one, you know, you had the ginger initially, and then everything else kind of faded, and just sort of finished wet and without much flavor. Because I don't, I mean, it'd be hard to think how it would actually attenuate the beer more, you know, especially when it says, with ginger added, it seems like it's added after the fermentation and everything, right? But it might and be just that what the ginger does, since ginger can... The, the perception. Is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was getting at. Maybe it just makes the perception of the body, because you got this huge flavor up front, it, the, rest of the, the rest of the beer doesn't feel as full, mm-hmm. where this one feels more full the whole way through. I haven't talked about color. These beers are uh, a uh, gold, cloudy golden, uh, almost just barely a touch of orange in there. And uh, it's a light cloudiness for, for many whip beers. It, um, typically, you know, it's really, really cloudy and white. Right. This one is... It's cloudy. You can't see through it, but it doesn't look quite as... Um, I can see my finger on the other side of the glass, so it's just moderately cloudy. These are... Um, the wheat's in there. I mean, the, wheat, the yeast uh, yeah, is in there. Yeah, definitely both bottle-conditioned. Uh, and these are mid-half that we're having. Well, we didn't swirl up or anything. Right. I mean, we, so... Not there. There's yeast in there, but I think that we've generally here's found. An interesting note: the uh, the Michelob bottles are pryoffs now. I'm hmm. not sure. I don't. I mean, they might have been for a while, but they weren't always. A lot of the com- a lot of the uh, industry is going back to pryoffs because they seal better. So that's good to see. I don't like the uh, the branding on Shock Top. I don't know. I never did. Shock Top has a it's an orange slice with. Wheat f- mohawk with a wheat mohawk. It's actually turned into a face with a with the wheat mohawk and uh, sunglasses on, but it's a profile. Yeah, and the name sh- and the name Shock Top. I don't know. They did. It's now you're ma- the one who put so much. Uh, see, I remember what, what was it the the clown shoes. You were so afraid that I was going to judge the beer based on the labels. You're the one who put so much stuff on the label. I, I don't could care less about the label. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. That's why I did. I don't know. I just. Michelob Whip Beer, you know, that's what I want to see. You know, I want them to play straight like they do with the rest of their beers. Now, when they first put these beers out, like the Winter's Bourbon Cask Ale and the Shock Top, um, it wasn't on the label, didn't say Anheuser-Busch, it didn't say right. Michelob, it was like Shock Top Brewing Company, right. St. Louis, Missouri. So now it says Michelob, so they're starting to get there. 
Well, they they have done, I think, what you suggested they do, which is take their Michelob and turn it into their craft. Yeah, I'm still uh, waiting for that royalty check. You know, right. Push. Well, who knows how much money they're making? They may, I mean, they're losing the money. They're not going to send you a royalty yeah, check. Yeah, maybe someday. Maybe someday that'll pay off. Remember when Jeff Bear <laughs> up in Idaho told us to do this, and now we're all stinking rich. The recommended tastings with this are chevre cheese. It's, uh, Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. It's goat cheese, right? right. It's, I always thought it was like, I, I always pronounced it more phonetically, like chevre, but I'm sure that's probably wrong, too. Who knows? Uh, and paella. Paella, interesting. Isn't paella, like, so varied that... It's like pairs with food is almost as accurate well, as... Well, I mean, a paella is a very specific dish. It's a rice dish with saffron and then seafood. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was more varied than that, but you're right. I forgot the saffron. So the saffron gives it a majority of the... I mean, that's what the rice rice tastes like, right? I mean, it just coats the rice. So, mm-hmm. Okay. You're right. I'm sorry. You can't have a paella without saffron. Okay. I forgot. And it won't be a real paella without seafood. And, of course, rice. But rice is just there to be the starch. Right, right. So, yeah. I, I it's think good it's good solid beer. I mean, yeah. not particularly exciting. I mean, I shouldn't say not exciting. It, it There's nothing that punches you in the face. But if you're looking to relax with a good solid whip beer. I don't want a whip beer to punch me in the face. If I drink a whip beer, the, the last thing I want is a whip beer to punch me in the face. I want a whip beer to be a nice, easy drinker that you know gives me sure. some nice flavors. Absolutely. Just trying to set people's expectations. You're not going to go buy Shock Top and say, Man, this isn't the best thing ever. Yeah, that's what I was getting for. <laughs> but I don't think you're going to say that with any of these beers. Probably right. Which one do you want to try next? Let's go with the uh, uh, the local. Kind of local. Close enough. Two hours away in Cleveland, Ohio. As I say, the best thing to come out of that city is Great Lakes Brewing Company. <laughs> That's from a true Pittsburgher. We got a couple of listeners of Cleveland that probably won't appreciate that, but I went to school in Cleveland, so I. You should feel a little kindred to them, right? Yeah, I yeah, I like Cleveland. I like Cleveland too for the beer. Cleveland's a really nice city. Uh, it know? is just the football team. It's... Yeah, the whole stupid rivalry. This one is is a lot clearer. Um, it is. Now, there's probably yeast in the bottom of the glass, but general. Oh, there, look, mine's a little. Oh, take, you have do condensation. You have condensation. Oh, yeah. It's, nah, mine's a little more cloudy, but not much. Yeah, yeah, but you took the second part of the bottle, so you yeah. have a little more cloudiness, but not very cloudy. Typically, we don't rouse the yeast on whip ears yeah. unless the. Uh, someone I think we, tells we, us we to. find that, uh, in general, I think what we've found is that. Sometimes the notes of flavor and and wheat and stuff can be sharper without the yeast in it, and the yeast can sort of muddle mm-hmm. them. So, so yeah. sometimes the, the the yeast can make it a little bit more drinkable, but less flavorful. Yeah, yeah. There's um, whipped beer yeast gives a distinct flavor to whipped beers, but it's not like hefeweizen yeast where. Hefeweizen yeast tastes good when you drink a lot of mm-hmm. it. Whip beer yeast makes it more muddy. So in that aspect, it behaves more like an American ale yeast, right? If you're drinking an IPA, 
you don't really want to rouse all the yeast in the IPA because it's going to muddle the flavors and not make the hops pop. Well, it's right there in the name, Hefe. You know, Hefe is yeah. yeast. The mm-hmm. implication being yeast wheat. Sure. Uh, or yeast white, I guess, as opposed to... Uh, no, no, it's yeast, yeast wheat. wheat. Yeast wheat as opposed to... I guess we would call it a... Well, crystal a, Weiss. Crystal yeah. Weiss, yes. That's a filtered German wheat beer, which... To be honest, I think I've only ever had one of. It's not a very popular or very prevalent style, at least in this part of yeah. the country. I mean, the Americans are the ones who are doing more with the filtered uh, wheat stuff. Uh, somewhat, but most most wheat beers, even American ones, you know, pride themselves in not being filtered, right? I mean, yeah. probably one of the earliest widely distributed ones was uh, um, the UFO Hefeweizen mm-hmm. from Harpoon, right? And UFO stands for unfiltered offering. So I, I I have a hard time thinking of filtered wheat beers either way, you know, Hefeweizen's or not. Okay, and, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. And you're probably right, <laughs> I should say. I mean, so I'm sure someone could name one and I'd be like, oh, yeah, but in general, you know, people don't filter their wheat beers. So Great Lakes Holy Moses White Ale. This is... Uh, 5.4% alcohol by volume. <clears throat> 4.3% alcohol by weight. 30 IBUs. 13 degree Play-Doh in the gravity. Malted with Harrington two-row base. Wheat and oats. Spice with coriander. Added early and near end of boil for aroma and flavor. Chamomile added at end of boil for aroma. And orange peel added in whirlpool for aroma. And hopped with Hillertau hops, the uh, U.S. version of uh, Hillertau. Here's an interesting thing on their uh, the neck label. Uh, Great Lakes is a very, very into being green and sustainability. They have uh, a couple conferences a year about uh, water use and things like that. Um, if I ever do an interview again, I might interview the uh, president of Great Lakes Brewing Company about about that, uh, the stuff they do. But on their neck label here, they have an interesting thing, which um, I hadn't realized. Brewery grains do have a life after beer. Spent grains, now you're going to think, you think they're going to say, you know, feed it to cows, right? I mean, that's what everyone does with their spent grains, is they feed it to cows. Uh, spent grains make up our menus, barley beer bread, okay, and pretzels. They're used for growing organic mushrooms. That's a new one to me. Grains are also a nutrient feed for local dairy cows. And fed to worms. Holy Moses. Fed to worms. Fed to worms. Uh, I guess there's probably, you know, nightcrawler, you know, for fishing. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because don't worms get enough for their feed in the soil? (laughs) Isn't that their purpose? You don't want them out of the soil. Um, Oh, the, the, the worms produce organic fertilizer for urban gardens. So there is a uh, more varied life of spent grains than I had considered and had heard of. And yet you still throw yours out or you compost yours. No, I compost mine. You compost yours. I'm using bugs instead of worms to make fertilizer. It gets that compost pile cooking when I do the grains. It hardly cooks any other time of the year. <laughs> I, don't, I need to work on that. I don't have enough brown to put in there. People with compost know what I'm talking about. It's not the kind of brown that you people that don't compost is thinking of. Whatever you do, don't put meat in your compost. No. Although the bugs will love it. 
It will smell. Yeah, it will. Okay, so the aroma on this puppy, what do you got? Getting a little. I'm bit. actually smelling the chamomile, and I'm smelling uh, certainly less less wheat than than in the um, Michelob. Mm-hmm. The chamomile's coming out a lot. The chamomile's sort of a flowery kind of aroma. And I'm getting a little bit of the, of the sweetness from the chamomile, and then you know the wheat's there. And there's the orange peel. There it is. How you doing? Hi, orange peel. Oh, hi. So it, it smells good. Uh, let's go into a taste because I'm having a hard time picking out a lot of detail in the the aroma. It's a lot smoother than the last one, right? It, it's really creamy. I mean, creamy is not quite the right word because it's not that smooth, but it's more uh, more velvety than than the last but the, one. The, the, there's less. There's definitely less carbonation, uh, and and it adds to a sort of velvety taste. Although the the coriander is more apparent, definitely more apparent here, and it's fighting with the orange a bit, <laughs> and it's winning. <laughs> and Greg doesn't like over coriandered beers, right? I think coriander is a nice spice. I like coriander, but I like it when paired with other things. I don't like it to be dominant. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, cilantro can be dominant as, as as it wants. So figure that one out. I was talking to some people recently who don't, you know, there's people who don't like cilantro like a lot. Yeah, there's a there's like a genetic disposition to not liking cilantro. How can you not like cilantro? Some people think it tastes just like soap. Hmm. And it, I think that people have, I think they, they've found like genetically that there are people who just don't, it, it's in genetics and it's just they don't have the right receptor for it. Or they do have a, an extra receptor for it or whatever it is. I'm curious about the name for this. Here we go back to the labels, right? I'm curious about the name for this beer because just about every Great Lakes beer that I can think of is named about Cleveland or events in Cleveland or people from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And this one's Holy Moses. And I'm just wondering. Well, I guess Moondog, their ESB doesn't have anything to do with Cleveland either. So I guess there's more. There than might one. be a Moondog in Cleveland somewhere. But I'm pretty sure Moses didn't part the Red Sea, which is what's on the label. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the Great Lakes. In Cleveland. It wasn't, wasn't like Erie. Although, that's what it shows here. Is that Cleveland's <laughs> Is Cleveland the background as he's parting the lake? He's so in, He's in Canada, eh? <laughs> or in the middle of the lake. You know, he, he could be just sort of standing in the middle of the lake. On a rock. Yep. On a rock. And Cleveland, although we're positioning because the sun is setting behind Cleveland. I, I don't think that would work right. <laughs> A little artistic license, you know. <laughs> Maybe there's a nuke in the back or something. <laughs> See, uh, a lot of, I mean, this is very smooth, very mellow. Lots of nice flavors to it. Nothing really standing out for me. You said the coriander was strong. I don't think it's it's overpowering. I think it's nice and... I don't know if balance is the word I want to use, though, but... I'm getting a lot of it. It's definitely a, a floral, very floral beer. I'm getting a lot of coriander in this. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's very liquid coriander-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got some spices and some orangeness to go along with it, but yeah, that coriander is pretty strong. And it's not even a double wit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's not like a coriander bomb like Southampton or um, Sam Adams. You can pick the uh, next one we open. Well, let's go with the um, 
the old classic. This is uh, the closest thing we can find to um, the vision of the man who created the first whip beer mm-hmm. in modern times. The the first brewed Belgian wit beer, which was brewed in four, in, fif, in fourteen fifty three, so fifteenth century. Uh, well, that wasn't the modern times I was talking about, but it's brewed from a unique recipe that was first brewed in fourteen fifty three. So, this is a Michigan brewing company, Salus White. Uh, it's seasoned with uh, curacao. It might be curacao. It's good, probably curacao, and coriander. This is the one that uh, is brewed with 50% raw winter wheat. Okay. And 50% two-row malt, hopped with the Lamet and EKG hops. East, East Kent, Kent Goldings. Goldings. Yep. Sweetness. You know, uh, those, those, those words cost so much on the website. They yeah, to yeah, I don't know why they have to do that. All right, so the story behind this beer is uh, it's named after Pierre Sellis. He is the man who worked at Hogarden who revived the Belgian-style whip beer from extinction back in the 60s. There was no Hogarden. There was no whip beer mm-hmm. for sale prior to that. And he revived the style from these recipes that Greg was talking about from the 1400s. Anyway, Hogarden made, you know, Hogarden wit. You know, it was apparently different than it is now. And Pierre Sellis eventually left there, and he came to the United States and started uh, Sellis Brewery and made the wit beer, and it was much acclaimed. And he sold his brewery to Miller, and Miller, you know, practically, you know, destroyed the brand. And um, so Pierre, what was the deal? Pierre. Eventually, this Michigan brewing company got the naming rights for the beer, Sellis White, from Miller, I believe. And um, I forget what Pierre Sellis is doing today. I think he had another brewery after Sellis Brewing. But I, I hate to wager too many guesses. Um, That's a weedy, weedy, weedy smell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very lemon. Uh, lemon. I don't want to use that word. What is it? It's it's this lemony that's from the wheat, not from orange peel or anything. Like right. It's it, very more associated with lemon grass, and it would, yeah, it's it would, this tart. It's very tart yeah, aroma. It, it, is it tart? Um, a little bit lactic, maybe. Eh, I don't know. Mm. I mean, it's it's got the the. Um, that uh, very grassy, dry that's, grassy. Yeah, that smells good. I just like that. It it's that tart wheat. Think, um, you know, just think. Think going into. Uh, I'm I'm sure, or I hope that people have been have been near a bale of hay or something, and you mm-hmm. get that kind of aroma off of the the hay, and it's not quite so horsey, but there's a bit of that deep grassiness mm-hmm. aroma to it. Yeah, it reminds me mostly of, of something, you know, more beery, right? Where I want to say like that wheat smell that's in a Berliner Weiss, but it's going to be too hard to separate the, the lactic acid from the Berliner Weiss. I see where you're wheat. going with that. I do. I, I, I agree. Maybe yeah. that's the use of the raw wheat or something like that, where, you know, it has that very lemongrass, like you said, not lemon citrusy. Aroma, very tart. It, it, I just want to smell it over and over again. It smells great. Interesting they use EKG. I have something to talk about EKGs in the post-show for all of you who are waiting for the post-show. Okay. I will talk about EKGs. Well, I'll talk about how how movies and 
TV shows use them wrongly. Oh, you mean electrocardiograms? Yes. Not East Kent Goldings? No. Why would it be K for cardiograms? Maybe it's Russian or German or something. <laughs> Maybe it is. It might be German. It might be. It's a good point. So it's much more balanced to me in terms of the way that the coriander is coming through, but there's also... That wheat, big wheat tartness here. makes this beer. It makes mm-hmm. it so refreshing. It's not... The other beers weren't cloying by themselves, but in example, they were very malty, very sweet. This beer is just so crisp and refreshing. And it, I, I just, I have a smile on my face right now. Greg's looking at the smile on my face because it's just like, yes, that's what I wanted. You know, that's what I ordered. It's just so refreshing. And it, it's, man, it's a winner. I like this a lot. Um, it's a little more complex on the palate, right? Because of that tartness. Instead of just being another yeah, yeah. sweet beer or sweet-ish type beer. Um Especially with the cardamom and the cor- the cardamom in the last one just really made it flowery, and um, it kind of if there was any complexity tartness there to enjoy, the cardamom just kind of bolted over right and just made it you know here you're just it's going to be more of a what's the word I'm looking for? It's more mellow. It's more desserty. More dessert like, right? Where it's just like I suppose. I mean, I thought the coriander was really strong in the last one. I, I was, I was missing that. This one, it, it it's really balanced pretty well. Uh, but yeah, there it does lack the cardamom that, that the Holy Moses does. Mm. Mm. That's a good beer. It's got such a nice. Well, such a nice rounded flavor to it. It just keeps going and going and going. It doesn't doesn't stop. Doesn't get at any point annoying or cloying or bad. Mm-hmm. It is hard to pick out the coriander that is probably in here after following up the the Great Lakes, right? I'm sure there's something in here that we would notice if it was our first. Yeah, beer. the the you know the orange peel gives it almost. A strong peachy flavor as opposed to a true orange. I think a really strong peach. I think I think I get what you're saying. I also just noticed the impact from the orange peel. Taking my sip, breathing air in over the beer, I got something that was a lot more deep into the skin, you know, mm. the more pith-like, you know. And I think that might also be contributing to some of the tartness and the complexity that we're getting. It's not too much. It's not pithy, you know, the beer in any way, but I just got that. I'm like, you know, there's another complex flavor that I'm appreciating as it's coming in. I've enjoyed this beer a lot over the years, but I'm not sure I've ever enjoyed it like I am right now. It's really hitting me awesome right now. Very, very, I mean, it just, it, it's definitely got the, the, the fullest nature of what we had. It just has the the, mm-hmm. the 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 best sort of combination of all the factors so far that we've had tonight, and just such a full and 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 great beer and so well balanced. You know, you can sort of you can almost taste the hundreds of years that went into this beer. That was the Cellus White from Michigan Brewing Company. It's an authentic Belgian style wheat beer. 
Okay, we're down to the last beer of the night. This beer is a new beer, new brewery to our market. Uh, this is Coronado Brewing Company out of Coronado, California. And this is their Orange Avenue Wit Beer. Wheat beer brewed with honey and spices. Brewed with wheat, coriander, California orange peel, and local orange blossom honey. 5.2% alcohol by volume. Coronado's getting a pretty good... Uh, Launch into our market. I had their idiot IPA just the other day. How's that on tap? It's double IPA. It's hoppy. It's pretty good. You might also see their golden, their Islander pale ale, mermaids red ale, hoppy days, or red devil, among others. This beer pours very clear, very clear, clearest of the night. Nice head on it. Nice. Uh, Medium, thick, creamy, uh, shaving shaving cream type head. Whoa, you can really smell the oranges there, can't you? Something. I'm getting oranges. I'm getting... I want to say brown sugar, but... That's oh, it's not, the honey. Oh, the Keep honey. in mind the honey, that's the right. orange blossom honey. Oh, yeah, orange blossom honey. When you, when you said that, the smell I'm smelling reminds me of, you know, pollen. You know, there's a very, something from the honey is coming, after it's fermented, is coming back very raw and natural. And it's just reminding me of flowers, mm-hmm. of pollen. Yeah, you get very, very distinct uh, uh, honey is by going by what the bees mm-hmm. use. And, like, I think most of the honey that we get is clover honey. Yeah, yeah. As I smell it more, I'm starting to dial in on the fermented honey smell. And it's it's a smell that I never have a great vocabulary for, so let me try again. Well, it smells like mead, right? Um, and it does. It, it, it reminds me of the aroma I'm getting right now. I'm really able to pick out the part that smells just like a mead. But what does that? What are the words for that? It's um. <laughs> the words suck. Um, it's a simple syrup. Dosed, I was about to say that dosed with um. Clover, right? It smells like fresh clover. More pollen, right? I mean, that's it's just what I'm smelling over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it's got this very yeah. Simple syrup was exactly what I was thinking when you were saying it. Um, and simple syrup is just sugar and water, mm-hmm. and mixed with some grassiness, some plant matter. I mean. The it's weird because yeah before I was smelling some kind of um, blossom, and but now I'm smelling clover, which is, geez, put words to that. How do I describe the difference between that? The, I guess the clover is a little more lavender, earthy, spicy, where the orange blossoms are a little more sweet and candy-like or something like that, right? I would agree with you. Yes. Yes, I was shaking my head, but that really doesn't translate well to the radio. It smells great. I think it's sippy time. This is the breadiest of the bunch. I was that's yeah, that hit me too. I was gonna go off like this beer is different from the rest of them. This one tastes more like beer, right? <laughs> Where it it, it ha- maybe it doesn't have as much wheat. It's very clear, so maybe it doesn't have nearly as much wheat as the other ones. But it has a bready, barley type flavor. You know, my first impression is that the, and it's probably tempered because I'm drinking all this wheat, 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 but I got this very bready flavor. 
Um, it's a classic Wonder Bread crust type flavor right mm-hmm. off the white bread. You know, that's like just like, peel the crust off, eat that. Um, even a little bit of lager twang, actually. Just a tiny, tiniest little bit. It's this little... Oh, how do I want to describe it? Take that, take that white bread crust. I think that's the mead. I think that's the meaty okay. part. Um, they say here a thirst quenching. They, they do say flavors of bread. I probably picked that up right from there. So, but they say a thirst quenching orange honey finish. Whenever I see thirst quenching, I never get it. <laughs> Maybe that's me. Mm-hmm. But whenever people say it quenches thirst, I always feel like it makes me more thirsty. I mean, I can I can see it in this one, but you know, I find that 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 tartness from the wheat in the cellus is more thirst quenching to me. Oh yeah, totally. I, I, I don't feel it's thirst quenching at all. Mm-hmm. I feel that it's not. And I feel it's weird that, it's, you know, it, thirst quenching is always, 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 always marketing speak. Right. Right. I mean, when is that a valid descriptor in our business? Our business? Yeah. Never. We work in computers. Okay. Mr. Literal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you ever be satisfied if I said, "No, this beer is thirst quenching"? I mean, I probably would, but it wouldn't. It would not be this beer. All right, but I don't know. I just it, it doesn't convey any real data. Thirst quenching. I mean, maybe a little bit. It certainly conveys it's data. drinkable, it means, but it means it that, that the same thing as drinkable. But it, it doesn't mean the same thing as drinkable. It means that you you feel satisfied and you don't need to drink anymore. You don't, Who you wants don't, that? Well, you don't have a, an, an eagerness to to be to be. Do you think anyone who writes a beer label puts this much thought into what thirst quenching means? No, not at all. Okay, yeah. But that's what our show is for for pontificating about stupid stuff like this. I mean, I think when I think of thirst quenching, you know, I think Gatorade, right? So the idea is that they they want to make it so that you you. Don't you feel like your your need for thirst is quenched? I have I don't know, I have a hard time That would be I that. have a hard time taking the abstract out of thirst quenching. It's really hard for me. Maybe we could do a post show you know, maybe we should save this for the post show. I don't know. But I don't know, this this is relevant. It's kinda of relevant, but I'm not sure where it's gonna take us and I think it's really gonna take us, you know, on a long winding trip here. Let's to get keep back it up. to the beer. The Orange Avenue Wit from Coronado Brewing Company in California. Big flavors in this beer. That honey really opens up a whole new room of the house, right? You just got so much more to look at and, and analyze, especially when you're doing a flight like this. Mm-hmm. It's it's big flavor. There's nothing objectionable to me. And I'm enjoying it. it it's going to be a hard um, comparison. Do I take the, the standard classic that I really liked or do I take this... You know, this crazy, um, this young American, you know, hooligan that's, uh, you know, trampling all over a classic style. There, there's definitely some aspect there. This is not your traditional wit beer uh, in, 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 in both mm-hmm. uh, taste and design. So, but... It bears the hallmarks of the whip beer, right? I it mean, uses it, 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 bear, it does bear the hallmark of the whip beer. Um, I think in this flight, we coriander gets lost really quickly for me, especially. Uh-huh. You know, I ever since the um, 
shock top. You know, I haven't been able to really pick out the coriander, even in the great, in the Holy Moses, which you thought was overpowering. Uh, this guy here, you know, I do want to say that, you know, the honey is very well done. You know, we've had a lot of beers that add honey and it's thin and hot. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true. Very true. And this honey is delicious the way it's it's used in here. It is very, very mead like. It reminds me of honeys that I you know, meads that I've had from Redstone out in Boulder. But you're gonna get more earthiness from this is something that you need to to come into expecting from this and, and I don't know if we if we've quite given that impression here. This is mo- this is a, a considerably more earthy flavor to it than the other beers. It doesn't have as much of it's just you know they say thirst quenching <laughs> can of bring this back mm-hmm. well it's not quite as refreshing as the other beers because it does have kind of a a, a dirty kind of tone to it that comes from the mead like you're presence. you're you're right uh, okay you, that's that's i mean let's explore this a little bit because I agree with what you're saying it, it has the uh, that i'm had a great analogy, but the word conflicts with the beer term. I was going to say that the the honey part has this gravity to it. I'll, I'll say mass. It has this mass to it. There we go. Okay. That um, pulls all your taste buds to it, right? And yeah, it, it feels sweet, sweeter, heavier. And so the crisp wheat doesn't get very many of your taste buds, right? Because because uh, all, all the mass of the of the the honey is is pulling most of your taste buds to that. Um, it just feels that way to me as I drink it. I'll sure, just throw it out yeah. there for you. I and, like you know. At first, I looked at you funny, but now now that I'm thinking about it more. I like I like the analogy of massive. <laughs> it 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 feels more deeper. Feels like there's a marble sitting in the middle of your tongue, which is the honey, right? Mm-hmm. And then the wheat's off around the edges and not getting as much attention. So, in, you know, in terms of thirst quenching, I would say this is the least thirst quenching of any of them because that honey brings you, makes you want to drink more and almost makes you want to, uh, you know, keep drinking and, and drink other water besides. The only one I would call refreshing. And I'll, and I'll use refreshing instead of thirst quenching would be the acellus. Uh, the rest of them had a big multi-character to it. Frankly, but... I felt that the uh, the shock tab top was pretty refreshing. Mm. I think that was the most refresh in terms of refreshing and, and just, you know, giving me uh, the sort of freshness with, with uh, without overtly complicating things. The shock top. Refreshment is not my right. number one qualifier mm-hmm. for rating. But sure. In terms of refreshment, well, why not? How about how about cold tasting? Which one was the coldest? Which tasting? one was the coldest tasting? The water we had besides it, beside it. This is this water tastes very cold. Water wasn't even refrigerated. You lie. I'm just saying it tastes cold. All right, so we are time to do the uh, thing that we do where we rank the beers. Is it me? Is it you? It's whoever. Jeff is already arranging them, so I'll let him go. All right, so here we go. 
My favorite beer of the night is pretty obvious. It's the Celis White. I love that tart, complex, very wheaty flavor. Wheaty. It was like baby Berliner Weiss, right? It had that same wheat character, not the lactic acid, but mm-hmm. it was tart enough to, to carry through. I said it earlier. I've had that beer a lot, and tonight was the night that it was. It was it was streets ahead. I mean, streets ahead. It was streets ahead of you know anything else. I just really hit me perfect tonight. Number two, I'm going to put the Coronado, the one we just drank. All kinds of there's a lot going on out there, and um, but it was all very well done. I like how tight it all together. It was, it, you know, it's it's a hundred and fifty piece orchestra or whatever. You know, and the conductor tied it all together, and I like that. I'm going to put the uh, Shock Top number three. Um, good. You know, good wit beer. You know, nothing spectacular in any dimension, but it was a solid um, anchor for for the style. I mean, it definitely tasted you know like you'd expect many wit beers to taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ginger wheat. I put that number four. I was debating whether him put him in front of him or not. You know, I put him behind him because he tasted a little empty after the ginger hit, mm-hmm. right? And the ginger was a little sweet. Add a little bit of more complexity to him, you know, make him a little more tangy, and I think you have a winner. That's an excellent use of ginger if mm-hmm. you can get a little more complexity in there. Right. But it might be just the ginger that's making it hard for that to, to It happen. could be, right. And then the uh, the Great Lakes, um, I do believe it's a hard luck loser tonight, especially, you know, some people in here that I put him after two Anheuser-Busch products. I yes, like... We don't... Look at the late. I mean, Jeff does. We don't look at the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff looks at the label. We don't look at the company. We look at the beer. I, yeah, I'm talking about the beer, and I just want to qualify that I, I enjoyed it. It just tonight that 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 very floral, perfumey flavor just wasn't didn't go with this flight. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it felt out of this flight. I'm going to agree with you on on the rankings. Okay. That makes it easy. Yeah, the the the, the Salas White was was definitely the highlight, and definitely the one that you could feel all those years of perfection, you know, of perfecting a recipe, and it was just like oh, I just love that tartness, you know. It's just like oh, yeah, it, and and really, it, you know, it's the one you should try for American wit beer, and or I guess wit beer in general. I mean, yeah, wit beer in general. If you don't try Salas White, your street's behind. Then I would go with Coronado. So, like. You said the um, it has kind of a mermaid on it. By the way, if you're looking for the uh, for the label, it's kind of an Ariel like mermaid, but she has beer, which is yeah, that's fantasy woman. I can see that. If you're if you're at the bar, their tap handle is the Coronado Hotel. It's this like octagonal red building that has a red roof. You, know, you can't miss it. Uh, the the honey added a uh, different dimension to it, so it made it something a little bit beyond the standard style. And absolutely, uh, probably if you were judging by style, would fail in that. They, you, you yeah, I mean, I just judged in the homebrew competition last weekend, right? They would throw that into American wheat and and, and try. I throw that into specialty beer, yeah. or um, yeah, definitely specialty beer for that one. Yeah, because if you're judging on style, it's it it, it it's going to to. If you're just specifically on style, like BJCP style guidelines, <laughs> it's not going to win. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, you know, it's got it, it, it's an interesting take on the style, and and um, we're always fans of that experimentation. Uh, absolutely, yeah, good stuff. Bring stuff, you know, try stuff new. Shock top. Really, I think that the the probably the most um, 
Are you trying to say the it's the flavors that you expected the flavors you expect when you think of wit beer? Yes, right. The 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 most average. average yeah, I mean, I want to say <laughs> average was, in the technical you know, way, not in the yeah. oh, it's only I, I, average. I was, I was thinking like you know what's what's the right word? Pedestrian is not the right word because it's a good beer. I mean, uh, if you use average in the literal sense, average. Yeah. Right. It, it it it's it's the most. Of of pretty much what you're expecting when you, when you want to get a wit beer, it gives you pretty much all that. It gives you the citrusy, it gives you a little bit of the spice, it gives you the wheat. Uh, this one really did have a lot of that nice wheat in it, wheat to it, and it gave you the, the the body of of the the Belgian. I think it's a really good beer. I know that Jeff doesn't like the the, the image on it, and uh, I you know I didn't want to color my ranking at all. No, I just, you didn't. I just wish that um, you know they wouldn't. Do stupid marketing for uh, a quality beer. <laughs> ginger wheat is shock top with ginger added, and it, it loses some of the body and complexity at the end, and that's too bad. But the ginger does have a really interesting and, and sharp flavor to it. And, and Holy Moses, I wouldn't say it's a hard luck loser. It lost. Um, it was the, the, the number five beer of the night, Definitely. To me, at least, the, the coriander is way too strong, and and maybe the chamomile overpowered other stuff. Uh, I've never been, you know, I've loved Great Lakes, but I've honestly never been a huge Holy Moses fan. Okay, too many times I go and edit the show, and right now I find myself trying to make a point that I don't need to make, so I'm just going to shut up this time and not have to edit it out. So, <laughs> so uh, that's that it on the post show. Yeah, absolutely. I just uh, trying to improve the show, and so I have to do less work. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Um, I enjoyed the Whip Beer Show. Greg enjoyed the Whip Beer Show. We hope you enjoyed the Whip Beer Show. Absolutely. Or if you really want to take us back to episode four, Belgian style Wit Beer. Wit Beer. Episode four. That's a long time ago. 166. Oh. We've done 162 since then. Yeah, we've uh, a whole baseball season. That, that's enough reminiscing. We've done too much of that lately. Uh, hopefully, you hear this show before the end of summer. I'm pretty sure you will. And uh, we'll find a way. We'll find a way. We have the technology. <laughs> we can do it. We can build it. And uh, we'll see you in the post show where we talk about post show type things. Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio. The theme music is Money or Time from The Lights Out. Email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com, or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash jeffbear and twitter.com slash gmwise. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Money or time, but you never get